Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm not praying. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to give the Lord some honor, some praise. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, he gave you life. He gave you health. He gave you strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. He didn't have to, but he did. He gave us a second chance. Hallelujah. We just want to thank you this morning for just being a part of Christ Center Church. Thank you for taking the time out this morning to worship with us. I believe that God is going to do great things this morning. Come on, who believes that with me? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So as we go into our praise and worship, sing with us, worship with us. This is not a uh, this is not a we thing up here. This is a we thing here. And those that are online, thank you for joining us this morning. We pray that God will bless you immensely. We pray, oh God, that he will just move as he knows how to do for you, that you will allow him to move in your life. Amen. So as we go into praise and worship, I want you just to honor him this morning. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's get excited for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is our great and glorious God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we put our hands together in this place this morning? That's it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Everybody lift your voice. Trust in 
in sin and you acknowledge that you have done the evil and you're willing to turn away from those things and you wanted to accept them in baptism and accept them by being buried in the name of Jesus called over you and yet you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because it is a promise given unto you once you believe the word of God and once you fulfill his word that has given you the instructions to yet follow him. Lord, we pray that God will bless us today and those who are coming in. Let's continue to worship to, together and those who are watching. We know that you'll put your comments in the, in the area where we need to be pray for your prayer requests. And we're going to pray together, those who are coming in. I know those who are just settling themselves. But let's continue to invoke his presence. Let's lift our hands, saints of God, and let's pray that God will bless us today, that the word of God will go forth with power. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that you are here present. And we know that, God, you have come in the midst of us, oh God, to intervene into our space of worship. Lord, we thank you, God, for Christ in a church that God has put us here for such a time as this. And we pray that, God, we open our hearts and open our minds with hands lifted up, with our hearts open to hear what the Lord has to say to us. We are believing, God, for signs and miracles. We're believing, God, that souls will be added to your kingdom. We're believing, God, that those who are lost will be found. We believe those who are yet depressed will be made whole. Those who are yet needing a healing will be made whole. We're praying, Lord God, for the, both the mind, the spirit, and the body. Be completely made whole in Jesus' name. Lord God, we know that the, warp, the weapons of our warfare are not yet carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. And we pray, Lord God, today that we will surrender ourselves to the will of God, that God will be made perfect in us. In Jesus' name, touch our neighbors, oh God, here, next to us, oh God, who's behind us. And that God, let's continue to worship God with a free heart of gratitude in the name of Jesus. We thank you. And let's indicate by worshiping and putting our hands together. Let me hear you putting your hands together. Let us hear you now opening your mouth in worship. Let us lift our voices unto the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And we are going to have a wonderful time in the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, God bless you.
I, I don't know this man from, from nowhere. I've seen his pictures. But I, I, I was just so humble that he came up to me and said, it's because of the work of all the others have done why I'm able to do what I'm doing here. The only thing I could do was just humble myself and say, you know, to God be the glory for, you know, for things that he has done. You know, saying this to say that, you know, we're doing a building project, and I'm sure we're going to show the video later on. And um, I, I, I want to comment, Brother Sam. You know, br Brother Sam, you know, he was there. And, um, he came up in the lift with me, and before, you know, he came up in the lift with me, and I'm, I'm sorry to be emotional this morning. He, 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 came, he came up in the lift, and, and I said, you know, I was joking. I said, Brother Sam, um, did you do your will already, brother? We're going up high. <laughs> brother B, brother said, brother Sam said, oh, my, my, my sons, they all, they had it all, brother. They had the family had it. They all had it. So I said, no, brother. I said, all right, you're secure. We're going up, brother. We're going up. So, uh, you know, it's a safety thing. So I want to make sure he was secure before he gets to higher heights, you know. So I said it was safe. You know, I, and I was up there. I was, I was trying to, you know, I had my hand held up uh, insulation in the ceiling, so I to secure it. Um, but I wasn't getting the support it is. Brother Sam was on one side of the lift. So while I was up there trying to use my right hand to elevate it, I was struggling with my right hand, which was all right, because once I get it up to a certain point, I can hold it up for a little bit and then slowly get it back down in motion. So Brother Sam says, switch, um, you know, he switch, we switch. I gave him the drill, what I was doing, for us to try to um, do what we were doing. But, you know, he was there with me, up and down. You know, I went up, you know, I loosed, you know, turned off the breakers, um, disconnect all the fixtures that we had by myself. And when it was safe, then I had Brother Sam came up back in the lift, and we cut it, we supported it, and we got it down together. Up and down, Brother Sam was with me in the lift, and each time we secured the fixture, which was very heavy, you know, I, I make sure Brother Sam was safe before anything else. I'm securing myself, but I want to make sure he is safe because the weight that was coming down, and we are thankful for all these equipments, and you will see the equipments in the video that we're showing later on. And uh, I, I'm saying this to say that, you know, we, we have a lot of men in this church that work hard and do what you do for what you do for yourself and for your family. And for those of us here, you know, we have that, that, that bonding together for the few seconds or for the few, uh, probably a couple hours we were being together. You know, we had that bonding together up and down in the lift. And we were talking. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying to Brother Sam, you know, he said, bro, you know, I'm here for you, bro. Anything I can do. You know, and that means a lot to me, Brother B. You know, because there's not many times, you know, we let each other know how much we love them and how much we appreciate them. We can't wait until someone die and six feet under to say that person was a good man or a good woman. What good is going to do to that person? You want to be able to encourage the person that way. That person will feel energized to continue to be a supportive, you know, supportive base for you at, at all time and not at some time. You know, every one of us in your, in your own unique way, do what you have to do 
unto the Lord. You labored, you sacrificed, and you've been here, and you support the cause because it's all of us. You know, at one point, I turned to Brother Sam and said, Brother Sam, you're going to be here, and you're going to know a lot of things in this building as we lay this foundation that a lot of people that are family don't know nothing about this building. Because why? You have, you know, labored, and you have sacrificed. And for all the men that were here and that were able to be here, those that weren't able to be there, we know because of circumstances weren't able to be there. But for the few of us that were there and did what we had to do, we did what we had to do. And we give God all the glory and all the honor for that. Amen. So let's just continue to love each other. Let's just continue to encourage each other. Because we are only who we have. This is our family here. And if we don't take care of our family, who is going to take care of us? You know, so let's just keep on loving each other. Let's just keep on caring about each other. And let's just continue to do what we do for the Lord. Amen. 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 I don't know if you want to show the video now or you want to do it after. Let's do offering. All right, it's offering time. I'm going to invite everyone if you could stand with us this time. Amen. We're going to get ready to uh, receive our offering this morning. Remember, we have the four ways you can give your offering online. You can see the four ways. If you have um, uh, electronic and you want to be a blessing, the electronic is to um, my right, your left. You can see uh, Brother Jordan or Sister Patrice to give you uh, your offering this morning. Amen. So just continue to worship with us as we get ready um, to play and uh, worship the Lord in our giving this morning that the Lord will have his way. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for keeping us and for providing for us, oh God. As we are about to receive this morning offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver, Lord God. We ask you to continue to bless us as a family. Help us to grow in the grace and in the admonition of your love, Lord God. We ask you to keep us, O God. Provide for us, O God. Continue to bless us, Lord God. Continue to use us for your glory. We give you glory and honor. And we say thanks in advance for your blessing and what we're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Worship the Lord with us as we worship the Lord. No giving.
the Lord, everybody. I am here. I'm at the new building, and we're about to begin our build-out phase for our new sanctuary. Um, as you can see, this is just a big, wide-open space. Not sure how many people have seen the inside of our sanctuary yet, but my goal is to try to walk you through as much as possible to show you some of the process and the, the progression as we get ready to make this our new home. Uh, so stay tuned. I'm going to show a few videos and kind of walk you through that progression and show you some of the behind the scenes. God good. Amen. So grateful to be a part of what God is doing. We're just going along for the ride and being available, but God is working it all out. That's what he does. And we thank God for his goodness and his mercy. It's so good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I'm glad, glad you are here this morning and uh, here to worship. I need somebody to help me preach this morning. Anybody going to help me preach this morning? I can tell y'all new school church people, old school church people say, come on, preacher, we're going to help you preach today. Preach it, preacher, we're going to help you preach. I need somebody to help me preach this morning. Hallelujah. There you go, Brother Henry. I need somebody. To <laughs> Amen. We have a couple of guests with us this morning. If you can raise your hand when we uh, call your name, Cadian, Cadian, where are you? Cadian, my friend already met. Amen. Cadian from my parts of town, so we're just so glad that you're here this morning, Cadian. We thank God for you and for you being here this morning. I don't see you have listed here that you have a church home of your own, and so guess what? We're claiming you, that you will make this church your church home. 
We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. If you just want to be involved with something that's happening, I don't know about you. I don't want to be involved with anything that's not doing anything. But if it's doing something, it's doing something good, I want to be a part. We're doing something. We're doing something for Jesus. You want to be a part of what's going on here. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. Leah. Where's Leah? Leah Rodriguez. Leah. Amen. Leah. Amen. I waved to Leah when she came in. She just felt like I knew her already. I said, hey, nice to meet you, Leah. Thank God for you this morning. You are a guest of Sister Arlene. Amen. And we're so glad that you're here this morning. Leah, if you don't have a church home as well of your own, we want you to make this your church. And um, you are going to be so amazed at what God would do and will do if you trust him and just roll along with us. God has great things in store for you. And so we welcome you to Christ-Centered Church. And I want for you to know, Katie, and for you to know, Leah, if there's anything at all that we can do as a church to help you in your walk with Christ, please don't hesitate to ask us, for we're here to help, and we're here to be assistance, and we're here to lead the way, and we welcome you to Christ-Centered Church. Somebody say amen. Let's thank God for Leah and Katie. Amen. Well, we're going to get right into the Word of God. A lot has been said, and I can say a whole lot more. I do want to say I thank God for everyone that um, have um, came out to assist with our build-out project for our sanctuary. Amen. Um, um, I know Brother, Brother Scarlett got emotional about Brother Sam, um, but we laughed because, you know, um, I think it was my, I know it was maybe Sister Patrice that said it, Brother Sam, and so we laughed. Sam and just certain people in this church are going to be able to say, don't sleep on me now. I've been here since the beginning. <laughs> when this when this was just the Bible study in the firehouse, no church services. Sam said, I've been here. So we are family. Sam knows that. He just don't say a whole lot. And um, um, I really appreciate him. You know, some people, they, they express themselves better by how, but by their actions. You know, some people are very articulate and they can speak and express themselves. Others just, they just show you what I know. And so that's what um, Sam has done and that's how he is. Amen. And so we thank God for him and all of you that's been out. I mean, you all have just been awesome and wonderful, um, putting great effort in there. And um, everybody's effort is really worthwhile because you're doing it for the kingdom of God. And everyone has done great. I'm telling you. Um, I'm just impressed by everything that's going on. And I want to thank, um, I don't know if some of you know, but we, this church, we're a part of the United Pentecostal Church International, and we have a division within our organization that's called Church in a Day. And they build churches in a weekend. And um, those churches are a certain measurement, not like our size church. And, um, but in the Northeast, it's hard to do churches in a day. Northeast have too much red tape, so... So far, they've done a few churches in Northeast. Um, they, they've done remodel like they're doing us. And so they have come out, and man, we cannot even tell you how much we're grateful for those guys. They're the one that's leading the whole operation, and we're just coming behind them and help to um, um, assist with what's going on. Um, but they're leading the charge, Brother Long and his group. And God has blessed us, and that's why I want you to be a blessing in this church, um, uh, church. <laughs> Because God has blessed us, and most of the people that are working on this project, they're volunteering. Most of the people, I didn't say all, some we got to pay some big money to, but most of the people are volunteering 
and others we have to um, pay, but we thank God for that. Um, we still have to buy materials. There's still things to go. Um, I guess I can encourage you to say keep giving, give sacrificially, because you see what it's going to. Um, you know, um, over the years, you know, some churches have gotten a bad rap, or maybe it was a legitimate rap, but you know in this church, um, you know where every dime goes. You know, I'm still working my secular job, working hard, still trying to take care of my family that way. And I haven't um, gone um, full time in this church, in the ministry, and taken a salary from this church. This was my goal to make sure we got a building. I did not want to be that church that was going to be in the same building for 40 years. Because if you're in the same building for 40 years, apparently you're not growing. And so my goal as the pastor of this church, which one day will cease, um, I wanted to get us a place where we can grow as much as we want to grow. And that there, will no, that there will be nothing that will stop us from growing. And so it won't be a building. And so for eight years, we've been in this firehouse that we appreciate so much because God sent us here. And for eight years, we've been here. And on the eighth year, God made us close on a property of 17,000 square foot and two and a half acres of land. That's a big feat, in, especially in this area. And so now we're renovating it so you can go in, have carpet, have nice, fresh freshly painted walls, air-conditioned eat, whatever you need that you can run around and praise the Lord. But the most important thing while we're doing it is so you can help your loved ones, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your classmates, your schoolmates. You can get them, help them to get saved because you have somewhere to bring them. As we know, we've been kind of challenging this space right here because how would we ever um, bring, you know, um, too many in this place? We're in a fire station, so we can't go over the code anyway. So... Um, but God has opened the door because he see fit that it's time for us to move forward in our growth. So keep giving, keep supporting the ministry. It's for the kingdom of God. You're not giving to anything else other than what God is doing in the earth. And so um, give, you know, every once in a while I will tell you, we give our money to less than this. This is the, can I just tell you this real quick? This is not a part of what I wanted to say. The guys that are part of what we call the church in the day project. They are Christians. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are just regular saints in the church. But they are part of a team that go around the whole country and sometimes even outside the country to build churches. Well, most of these guys, they are full-time in the ministry, but most of them are doing pretty well financially. They own stuff. They run businesses, and they do great. And so a lot of them are doing pretty great. But it's not a coincidence. When you start volunteering and giving your time to do God's work, come on. Come on. That's what I'm saying. But sometimes we outthink ourselves and just, you know, we don't realize how to just be blessed. And, and uh, Brother Calvin, no, because he's kind of in the same business with some of these folks. And these people, they do well financially. They do well with um, having property. And so they're able to just leave and just go come to New Jersey. They're from the, these guys that's helping us, they're from Indiana. They drove uh, 10 hours from Indiana, load up their tools and everything, come and help and do stuff, and just drive back like no big deal. Just drive back, no big deal. This is what we do. You know, and they call, how we doing? And so, um, Ethan, don't forget, send them back some pictures. And Brother Long, just keep posting. But these are outstanding saints of God, and God has blessed them. So if you want to be blessed, just God says he will owe nobody nothing. 
So whatever you give to his work, he will see to it that you get back more than what you have given because he's not going to owe anybody. The interest that the banks pay you and that all of the financial institution will give you, God say, I will, I, will, I will supersede that because I will not owe you anything. You will not be able to say, you give me this and I didn't give you that. That's God. So keep giving and you will see what you're giving to and how you're going to see your loved ones, your family, your friends. You know, people are going to get married in that space. People are going to dedicate their children in that space. People are going to get buried in that space. Graduations will take place in that space. You, I don't know. Sometimes you all overlook. What's that, Ethan? Oh, we're not going to bury them in the place. Y'all knew what I meant. Yeah. Funerals, yes. Funeral services. Oh, my goodness. So, 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 you know, sometimes we overlook church, but the two most important time of uh, human life is usually, um, you know, happening in church. You need to dedicate your child when they're born in church and the funeral service need to be in the church. So we need a church. And so why not be a part of a church that's growing and thriving and have what it takes to accommodate you and your family and believe me, we will have succession plans for this church. So when I can't do it anymore or when my time, because it ain't got nothing to do with what I can't do it. Whenever God says my time is up, God will have your next person to keep leading the charge. He wouldn't put us in that space if he wasn't planning on leading the charge. Amen. We have one more guest that we want to um, um, greet before we get into the word of God. Um, I believe it's Timothy Gregory. Timothy? Tomoy. All right. Tomoy Gregory. Amen. Tomoy, nice to have you. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you came to be with us this morning. Amen. A guest of Brother Scarlett. Tim, we want you to know. Tomoy. Uh, they call you Tim? No? Cause, okay. See, I, I caught myself and said, all right, I won't say t uh, Tomoy. We've already got a Tim, so it's okay. We claim Tim. Amen. Hallelujah. But Tomoy, nice to have you. We're, we're glad to have you and anything at all that we can do to help you, assist you in your Christian walk, please don't hesitate to ask us. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. <laughs> Let's get right into the word of God. If you will stand with me, we're going to read some scriptures. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. If I don't preach real good, you will say, but we read some good scriptures. Because we're getting ready to read some good scriptures this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Looking forward to all that God has in store. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1, the word of the Lord says, all right, you know what? We haven't done this in a while. I know we're um, live streaming and all that stuff. As a matter of fact, um, our online congregation, you know I love you, welcome you. Hope you were able to see the video. Can't wait for you to come and be in the house of the Lord in person so you can see, amen, what God is doing in your church. But how about we read, um, I will start in verse number one. You read two. We haven't read alternative in a long time. So I want to be inclusive. And I want us to work together this morning. So I'm going to read verse one. You read verse 2, I read verse 3, you read verse 4, and we go on until we get to the end. The last verse is 14, and we'll read that all together. Is that okay? Yeah. Are y'all paying attention? Yeah. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to the new building. Y'all going to pay better attention. 
I'm just telling you, I, I, tell you, I see everything. And so I, I realize you guys get distracted real easy in the small space. We get the big space. You won't get it distracted so much. And I know some of you are going to like, I'm moving. You'll be able to move from, from this seat all the way over across. I'm going on the other side. Hallelujah. All right. Verse number one. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of thy children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. I can't help this. I got a buddy. You know this, this text, this portion of the text, can you all pay attention to it just for a second? Watch what the Lord says. He says, when thou brought forth the people out of Egypt, Egypt is like a sinful way of living. So it's Egypt back then. But if you look at it throughout scripture, when the scripture referred to Egypt, it's referring to an ungodly world, sinful world. So he says here, when thou has brought forth the people out of Egypt, Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And so this is the point that I want to make to you. God is not bringing us out of sin to do nothing. His word. His word. He told him when you bring the people up out of Egypt, 
they will serve me on this mountain. So God is bringing us out of a bad situation so we can be in a good situation. But the good situation is serving God. Secrets. If we don't serve God, we will always go back to serving whatever we were serving before God. So God knows what he's telling us. We like to look at the negative. Well, I got to serve God. Because if you don't, you're going to go back to serving self and idol and the world and the devil. And you will stay in sin, never get delivered, never get saved. So when God calls us to be saved, he is saying, you can't just, just say, now I'm saved. He is saying, now that I've saved you, go on to live saved. Part of living saved is doing something for God. My turn to read, right? And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Let's read together. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will help us this morning to not leave the same way we came in, but let the power and the word of God move us to change, move us to a different way of living, living to please you, living to give glory and honor to you. Somebody here today needs to be saved, God. Somebody here today needs to be filled with your spirit. Somebody needs to be baptized in your name. Somebody needs to be delivered. Somebody needs to be set free. Somebody, oh God. God need the revelation that you are one God. Somebody needs, oh God, some, some, some encouragement. I pray this morning that your will be done in this place and that none will leave the same way, but that there will be a miraculous change that will take place deep down in our heart. Will you anoint me and place me in the flow of your spirit to articulate and speak as your oracle? And Lord, I pray that the hearts of the people will be touched by the touch of of your hand by your spirit Lord and their heart will just open up just enough Lord so you can put the word of truth in the inward part that change will take place that they will not be the same when they walk out of here today Lord have your way in this place as we give you the praise and the honor and the glory oh come on somebody let's praise him let's praise him let's praise him Oh, Lord, I pray that you would touch Sister Crystal and her family, Lord God. Give them comfort and peace and let your will be done in their life. Bless their goings and their comings, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Have your way in Kimberly's life, Lord God, that she will deliver her baby safely and healthy, Lord. Have your way today in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. With the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you on this topic. Divine election. Divine election. The Lord's qualification for whom he will elect to perform his will is very interesting to say the least. We get so accustomed 
to the way we see things and the way we do things. And when we encounter a different way, we have changed, we have struggles trying to adapt or adopt to the, the, the way that we're being instructed. I was mentioning this morning to the congregation that for eight years we've been in this building. For eight years, we try to be on our best behavior in representing Christ while we're in this building. For eight years, whenever there's a holiday or some different things that's going on, we needed to make sure we check with the, the, the folks in this fire station for permission to do things. For, for eight years, uh, um, we have set up the furniture and break it down. You know, after each week's service, we set up and break down. For eight years, we're doing all those things. And now God has said that time has come to an end. You all will go into a place where you don't have to do that anymore, where you now determine what you do and nobody else can decide whether you can be in the building today or, this, or not, or you, can, you have to be in the building at this time or not. For eight years, we have gone through that. Now God has changed the game on us. And by changing the game on us, we now have to adapt to a different way of perceiving things, a different way of, of how we go about doing what we need to do. And we have to realize that we are in a different place now with God. And so the question is, how will we respond? It's very interesting just being on the scene already of the new property that we encounter folks and we talk to folks and they don't really know who we are. Some don't realize who we are. They just think we're just another tenant that's moving in. <laughs> Very interesting. But we don't make them any wiser and we don't go around telling them who we are. We just going to be good Christians. And whenever they talk to us, we just talk to them as good Christians. If, if, if other people don't tell them, we won't tell them. We won't make them any wise unless they just happen to find out. But we have to adjust to what's going on in our life, especially in what God is doing. God's qualification to elect us to perform his will is quite different from what we would perceive or understand. Some of the things that happened in our life that we may have disdain for or even disappointed by, the pain, the rejection, the struggles, not knowing who your father is, loneliness. Also, on the flip side, for some of us who didn't go through those things, being raised in a good home, learning proper etiquette in life, having a wonderful uh, education and great friends and family, uh, being connected to people that are in good position that can help you out, getting a nice college degree where you're educated. All of those things are wonderful things according to our society. But I will say this, all of those things could be preparing you for what God has elected you to do. And sometimes we won't equate 
uh, our personal life, how we're conducting our personal life or our experiences and what we're going through. We won't equate it to what God is wanting to do in our life because we finally think that, well, I'm grown and this is what I'm doing. And we don't think much about that. All that has been transpiring in your life is so God can do something great in you and God get the glory because God had elected you from birth from before you was even formed in your mother's womb. God says, I've elected you a divine election so you can do something wonderful for me. And I'm calling you to that divine election even now as I speak. And so the things that we've gone through, we have allowed them to become a crutch of why we won't do this or why we're not qualified to do that or why we, 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 we're not able to do certain things. But if you take Moses' life, when you consider the things that transpired in Moses' life, his miraculous escape at infancy, his careful training in the court of Pharaoh, his knowledge of government and men and armies and religious rights, the, the, the fight he got into and killed a man, being on the run and hiding from Pharaoh, his silent years of obscurity, watching the leisure of the season as they come and they go, the slow movement of the stars in the sky as he attend to sheep because he was a shepherd out there. All of these occurrences in Moses' life prepared him for his divine election by God but again our mindset is you don't understand I was mistreated at birth nobody cared about me uh, I'm not the smartest person uh, I'm just not one to be all involved in that you know I've had a lot of failures uh, in first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25, the scripture says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Who in, in here is a wise man? Who in here is is a noble man who in here is an eloquent man or woman god says i don't usually call those people they're not usually my divine elect to do great things for me but god had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and god had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen yea and things which are not to be to, to bring to naught things that are verse 29 says that no flesh meaning no person should glory in his presence so God need people to serve him in humility and so if he's going to have us to serve him in humility He's going to make sure we don't bring anything to the table because we don't have anything that God needs. I know that don't fit good with you. Don't have anything God needs. What you had that you feel you can use to contribute, God gave it to you. <laughs> so it's not even really yours. <laughs> there, there's great people today that used to be something great and now they're not. 
There are great people that, 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 that was smart and, and brilliant, and now they have lost their mind. So whatever you have, you can't state the claim of it as to thinking that it's because of you. Or this is who I am. No, it's what God has done in my life. The Bible says without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. The wisdom and knowledge of God is not like the wisdom and knowledge of man. And we need to start reading our Bible like we've never read it so we can understand God's wisdom and God's knowledge as opposed to dwelling and relying on our wisdom, on on our knowledge, because ours means nothing when it comes to the kingdom of God. Can I tell you a secret? Your wisdom and knowledge can help you be successful in this life, but not in the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. Your wisdom and knowledge can help you be successful in this life, but not in the kingdom of God. God's wisdom and knowledge working in your life will make you successful in the kingdom of God and in the world. I've lived it. I've lived it watching that my title in my job is project manager. And I, I, I do my job differently from all the other project managers in my company. Because I do my job from a, from a Christ-like perspective, from the wisdom of God, from the knowledge of God. And everybody else does theirs on the knowledge of man, on the wisdom of man. And there are people that would be considered more intelligent than I am, more educated than I am for sure, but can't touch me. Not to brag. I'm just giving God the glory. Just giving God the glory. So when you get God wisdom and knowledge, you get everything as opposed to if you rely on man. You know, I went and got my degree. I got my graduate degree. I'm good to go. And I'm going out to doing this in life. That's great. But that's all you're going to get. It's great. We want you to be smart. We want you to teach people to be intelligent, educated. We want you to pass that on. But without God, that can only work in this world. Won't work in the kingdom of God. These passages of scripture may sound strange to the world. Why would God not choose leaders that are brilliant and influential? Who could make sweeping reforms and be followed by the masses? God does not choose as people choose. His sovereign choice is not based on anything that people can do or what they can achieve. No amount of human knowledge or influence can replace the Lord's wisdom and knowledge. No matter how brilliant we are, it can't be a substitute for God's wisdom and God's knowledge. God will speak to us in a way we're familiar with. When God speaks to you, you don't have to worry about it. Somebody needs to hear this. Sometimes you believe God can't speak to you because you're thinking God is this great God. God is just so sovereign. and God is so all-knowing. And, and you just feel like, how in the world would God ever talk to me? I'm glad you asked. He is just that good. We say he's good all the time, but we have no clue how good, good, good he is. 
And so with what some of the goodness of God is, he knows how to come down to every one of our level levels, educated, uneducated, ignorant, nodding. I don't care where you are in the intellectual sphere of your life. Listen to me. God knows how to come right where you are to talk to you. And so you never have to worry about, can God talk to me? You never have to worry about, I won't understand what God is saying. God will talk to you on the level that you are so you can understand and not misunderstand and not not know what he's saying. He will talk to you right where you are. Right where you are. That's good, good, good God. That, that that's That's heavy. Because sometimes we can get people to come and minister and they're so smart that when they get done, you said, what did he just say? Uh, what, what, did he, what was he talking about? Because it was just so way you're like, what was he talking about? And so the, the answer I'll give you when you hear that is somebody wanted to exercise their intellect but not do what God wanted them to do. <laughs> Woo, help us, Jesus. <laughs> Israel have always understood that God used familiar things and terms to relate to them, to connect with them. Uh, the fire that consumed the burning bush, for the Israelis, they always feel like it symbolized the presence of God dwelling among his people. See, Israel always felt like they were being afflicted they were always constantly i I would say uh afflicted uh in history they felt like it was always people were always against them so they always felt like they were in the fiery furnace when it compares to everyone else and so when moses story was told about how the lord revealed himself to moses israel took that and run with it to say yes That symbolizes God's presence among us because they always knew God's presence was among them even when they went through stuff. So God used the burning bush to get Moses' attention. Can I also tell you something? When God is doing something, whether you understand it or not, you need to inquire about it. You need to start asking some questions. What is that all about? Mm. We, we get so concerned about people worrying about if we're smart and we're not. Can you take this from me? I'm not old, but I'm old enough now to realize sometimes people just flexing on us. People want you to, to think that they're more than they are. People try to project certain things to make you think certain things. But here I am to tell you today, just be yourself. And if you continue to learn, if you continue to seek God, you will do just all right. You don't have to worry about how people perceive you, whether you're smart like them or you're intelligent like them. Don't worry about that. Just keep on keeping on. And what God wants for all of us is when you see or you hear something godly that's going on, you ought to just inquire just a little bit. What's going on with that? Because if it's for you, God will begin to speak to you. But a lot of times God is speaking to us and we don't inquire. We don't attend to what God is saying to us so we can hear what God wants to say to us. The Lord begins his discourse with Moses from the burning bush. The Lord said, Moses, Moses, put off thy shoes for the place where they stand up, where you stand upon his holy ground. The Lord begins to warn Moses not to come close to him because God is holy. 
Somebody say God is holy. And that's why the scripture says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Because if you're not holy, you can't have the kind of communion with God that God wants to have with you. Because holy can't mix mix up with unholy. So God wants to get really close to us a lot of times. He wants to really commune with us. But because we are unholy, God is saying, can you just get that together and get holy so we can commune? I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you God can't talk to you. God can talk to anybody. He did Moses. But holiness is that relationship where we become tight. We begin to commune. And so he told Moses, holy ground. God's holiness is a central theme in the remainder of the book of Exodus. Indeed, the whole structure of Israel worship of God at the tabernacle is based on the view of God as the absolute holy one who has come to dwell in the midst of his people. Be ye holy, for I am holy. God proceeded to explain the reason for his revelation to Moses. That whole thing that happened at the the burning bush is a revelation. God revealed something to Moses. Can I tell you this? There is no revelation without a situation. There is no revelation without a situation. God is not revealing anything to us if there isn't something that he needs to get us to do. So there's no revelation without a situation. The suffering of God's people had touched his heart. He had heard their cries and seen their affliction. affliction. Now he purposed to deliver them. Can I tell you a secret? If we don't get delivered sooner or later, it's because we don't want to get delivered. If we don't get saved sooner or later, it's because we don't want to be saved. Because if you ever come to a place of not wanting to be where you are, if you ever come to a place of not liking the things you are doing, if you ever come to a place where you know I need a change and you don't cry out to God and say, God, I need a change. What's going on in my life is not right. I need a change. God, I want to know you for myself. I don't need to hear from anybody else. I need a change. God, I want this to be real to me. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be like everybody else that's churchified. I want to have a real relationship with you. I want to have a real experience with you. I want to talk to you and I want I want you to talk to me. I want your presence, Lord, to overshadow me. And I know it's you and not because somebody said it's you. I'm telling you, church, if you desire to have that kind of encounter with God, if you desire to have that kind of relationship with God, if you desire to be saved, if you desire to be filled with God's spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, if you desire to be holy, God can work in your life and help you to accomplish and to be who you're supposed to be in him but you gotta want it you gotta want it you gotta want it you gotta want it god knows enough about us that if he give us anything we don't want we won't take care of it (laughs) the compassion of god stands out in these verses 
how God saw what was going on with his people. He saw it. But he didn't move until they cried out. You, you see what I'm saying? God sees that you're struggling. God sees that you're not happy about the situation. God sees that you're hurting. God sees that you're frustrated. God sees that you are saying something needs to change around here. But guess what he's saying? Are you crying out to me? <laughs> are, are, you, are you crying out to me? Or are you just, 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 just going through and dealing with it? Because if you will cry out to me, I'm willing, I'm able, and I'm ready to do what needs to be done. But are you crying out to me? Or are you just uh, complaining and whining? In verse 8 and 10 of the text we read, verse 8 and 10, very interesting text. The Bible says in part of verse 8, I have come down to deliver. That's God saying that. God said, I, I, I come down, I came down to deliver. Then in verse 10, it says, and I will send you Moses. Think about that. If God came down to deliver his people, why didn't he just go ahead and deliver them? Come on now, talk to me. If God came to deliver and he's all powerful, all knowing, why didn't he just go ahead and deliver them? Why God came down to deliver and then say, but I'm sending you, Moses. You got you to gotta learn how God do things. And that's where I hope that that's what this church will do. We won't make you religious. We won't make you be traditional about, you know, church. I want you to get truth. And I want you to get the word of God. And the biggest thing I would like for you to do is to learn and understand the ways of God. When you learn and understand the ways of God, nobody can trick you. And sometimes when you learn the ways of God, even when you don't know if, the, if that's scripture or where that is in the Bible, your spirit that's inside of you, the Holy Ghost, will confirm, that's my ways. It's okay. You're safe. And those are the things that I want. I don't want us to just, my wife sent me something. Um, you didn't even know I looked at it, but now you're going to know I looked at it. She sent me um, um, a clip. And there are people, listen to this, Timothy, there are people that I think they're getting the revelation or they're learning the truth. So they used to baptize people in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and they would baptize people. And now the revelation is coming to them. And here's what they're doing, Josiah. I baptize you in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. I said, y'all jokers. I was so mad. I was so mad. They, they, they read the scripture, and now the scripture is telling them truth, and they're trying to figure out how to, you know, they're trying to figure out how to make it work. Because they don't want to say, we've been baptizing the wrong way. The Bible never teaches that anyone should get baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If you can find that teaching in the Bible that we ought to be baptized, and you can show me somebody that got baptized in those titles, Father, Son, if you show that to me, I will give you $1,000. Show it to me if you can find it. 
that somebody got baptized that way in the Bible. I will give you $1,000. My point for saying that. My point for saying that. Is you have to learn the ways of God. My point for saying that. You have to realize that God is specific. God said, I've come down to deliver. And I will send you. If God himself has come down to do the work of redemption, why does he need Moses? <laughs> Would not a word from his lips be enough? <laughs> why summon a shepherd like Moses, a lonely and unbefriended man, a man who has already failed once, whose best years are behind him, who has gone through a series of bewilderment and disappointment? Why go to a man like that when you are the all-powerful God that just can speak a word and things begin to happen? Why go? to Moses to say I've come to save the people but I'm sending you I don't know if that made a lot of sense but if you study the ways of God this is not just a one off situation <laughs> it's not even an isolated situation <laughs> God has always done things that way God has always included us in whatever he was doing. God is an inclusive God. He's a relational God. He's a harmonious God. He's not trying to do this without us. He wants us to be a part of what he's doing. And if we just think we can just get saved and do our own thing, God is saying that's not so. This is about us working together. You do your part, I do my part. God is not our Santa Claus or our genie in the bottle. He does not want us to sit back and do nothing while he does everything. God's plan involves us working in harmony with him. Ask yourself, am I working in harmony with God's plan? Am I working in harmony with God's plan? Because if I'm not, am I on the Lord's side? We are elected to be the instruments God work in through that we may affect the lives of others in a godly way. Listen to me. I'm getting near. I'm getting near. Ten more minutes and I'm out of here. Your past has nothing to do with God electing you. What you did last night don't have nothing to do with God electing you. What you did this morning has nothing to do with God electing you. What you did on the way to church this morning has nothing to do with God electing you. What are you talking about, preacher? Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about the terrible things you have done. You know why? The Lord elects murderers such as Moses, David, and the Apostle Paul. Great, great, 
men of God, that we consider men of great men of God, that God considered great men of God. God pulled them out of the obscurity of murder. Moses committed murder. David committed murder. The apostle Paul was involved with murder. And God still called him to do something great. There is no crime that you can commit. There's nothing you can do that's worse than murder. You took somebody's life. And you didn't give them life. And you took their life. And when you take somebody's life, that's the worst crime you can ever commit. And God is showing us that I even elect murderers. Now, what's going to be your excuse why you're not going to let God use you? What's going to be your excuse why you're not going to live for God? What's going to be your excuse why you're not going to serve God? What's going to be your excuse why you don't give yourself to God when God says, I even have mercy on murderers and I elect them to do my will? Murderers. This is the Bible we're talking about. I'm not talking about some story. This is the Bible. Mm -hmm. What you think of yourself or what others think of you really doesn't matter to God. I'll say that again. What you think of yourself or what others think about you doesn't matter to God. Listen to me. Moses made a whole lot of excuses as to why God shouldn't elect him. Moses says, I'm a nobody. That's one of his excuses. Another one of his, his excuses, I don't know your name, God. Boy, when we don't want to do something, I see that now with my kids. My wife telling them to do something or I'm telling them to do something. They got all the excuses in the world when really all it come down to is they don't want to do it. Remember I told you I didn't let my two oldest kids cut the grass? Not because they couldn't do it, but because they did not want to do it. They messed up my grass. I had patches. You know, lawnmower go down right here. So you look at the grass. Down here is low, but up here is high. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But when people don't want to do things, they come up with all kind of excuses. Adults do it too. Ain't just kids. You don't want to do it? You come up with all kinds of excuses. I'm a nobody, God. I don't know your name, God. The elders won't believe me, God. I'm not a fluent speaker, God. Somebody else can do better than me, God. That was Moses making all these excuses. What is your excuse today? How many of us here today that the Lord is calling to a divine election and you're just making a whole bunch of excuses? Oh, Lord, I am not ready to be saved today. I am just not ready, Lord. I don't want to get saved knowing that I will just mess up again tomorrow. I can't get involved with ministry because I don't have enough time, Lord. I'm smart. I'm not smart like these other people. Let somebody else do it, Lord. And we make all these excuses. Why? we're not serving the Lord but they're all excuses you know I say God is good and we say God is good if somebody I would have went to somebody and said all these wonderful things I'm going to be with you I'm going to do all this just come and you know I'm going to save you and you make all those excuses you know what I'm saying Later for you, you stupid. 
you out of my face. You're stupid. Get out of here. Trying to hook you up and you out here acting stupid. Talking about, nah, 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 I can't do this. Hey, get out of here. But because we say God is good, God didn't walk away. God was supposed to walk away from that joker. Just think about it. I'm just, you know, sometimes we don't make this Bible just up close real. Let's get it up close real. You make all those excuses as to why you're not going to go where I'm sending you and I'm telling you I'm going to be with you. And I'm telling you I'm all powerful. You know how I work. And you make all these excuses. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was supposed to let you burn in that tree. But God didn't do that because we serve a good God. God still stayed there and worked with him. I'm like, my God, if we don't make it to heaven, it's because we didn't want to go to heaven. It ain't going to be because God was mean. It ain't going to be because God was harsh or it was too hard to get to heaven. It's going to be solely because we did not want to. Because God is good, good, good. He real good, good, good. He real good, good, good. Moses called him Lord and yet refused to obey his order. Do you know what the term Lord means? The term Lord means ruler. The term Lord means master. And people love to say Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but they put a lot of emphasis or more emphasis on Savior than they do Lord. Because if we really stop it and really consider what we're saying, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It means God rules in my life and whatever he says, that's what I do. And I don't deviate and I'm going to obey him and submit to him. When we say he's Lord, it means he governs my life. That's what we're saying when we say is Lord. And so Moses called him Lord, but then Moses started rejecting what he was saying. Most of us understand that kind of attitude because we have made the same mistake. But listen to me, church. If God isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. If you don't make him Lord over your life, he ain't Lord over one situation in your life. So don't make him Lord over, you know, your money. No, this is the best one that we make him Lord over. Don't make him Lord over your sickness, but he ain't Lord over your money. <laughs> That's a good one. Because we, we, I think we behave like that a lot. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I got to get some work done. I got to get operated on. Can y'all pray for me? I got a sickness. Y'all pray for me. And then you come into some money, and nobody ain't knowing nothing. You laying low with that money, counting your dollars. Keep my money out the church. Ain't messing with y'all. Y'all can't know nothing about my money. Soon as you get sick, you're struggling, coming up in the church, and you're making sure you're struggling enough so everybody can see. And you're struggling, and you know you kind of give the pastor a little look. And I just, I bring my people, like, come on, y'all, let's go. We got to pray for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And we lay hands and we pray, and I'm sure God's going to heal you. And before you know it, you out of here. You back to doing your thing. Playing with your money. <laughs> Woo, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Listen, as I close. God knows us better than we know ourselves, so we must trust him and obey him. Whatever he tells us to do, we need to trust him and obey him. 
When we tell God our weaknesses, we are not sharing anything new with God. God knows the weaknesses you know about, and God knows the weaknesses you don't know about. <laughs> Woo. Listen to me. Moses was reluctant to go back to Egypt because how he left Egypt. Some of us are reluctant to serve God because we're afraid of what we left in the past. Well, take it from somebody that knows. God is not going to let your past destroy you once you respond to obey his election. He will not. When, when you elect to serve God, he will not allow your past or anything you have done wrong to destroy you. You think God is going to call you and you say yes and he's going to let your past take away from what he wants to do? It won't, won't happen. So take it from me. If God is calling you, divine election is reaching you today, you don't have to make any excuses because you're worrying about what your past was and what you might experience and what you might encounter. Don't even worry about it. God's got you. All God wants you to be is obedient. All God wants you to do is to do what he's telling you to do. Listen to me. Our success as God's servants does not depend on our natural abilities as much as our trust and obedience to God. Mm -hmm. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So you don't have to worry about what you're capable of. You don't have to begin to try to figure out what you're good at. Just say, God, I am yours, and I put myself in your hands that you do whatever you want in my life because you can never outdo God. Whatever you think is great, God will be greater in your life if you put it in his hands. My 10 minutes is up. Have you forgotten that I've said I have come down to deliver? You are my instrument indeed, but I will be with you to make you mighty and to and to bring the apparently impossible work to pass. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the world. And so when God elects you, you don't have to worry about anything. God will take care of you. Let's stand. Divine election. There's some of you here today that you've never given your life to God. You might have done some kind of confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And I'm telling you, you can't find that in the Bible that people confess with their mouth and believe in their heart and they were saved. You won't find that in the Bible. So you need to do what the Bible says. There's some of you that was baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and that's not in the Bible, so you need to do what the Bible says. There are some of you that you've never been filled with God's Spirit, and the Bible says those that were filled with God's Spirit, the Bible teaches that they speak with another tongue. That's not my teaching. That's not this church. This is the Word of God. Some people stay away from some of the Scriptures because they don't understand it. Some people stay away from some of the Scriptures because it's not happening in their life. But I've never been a punk. And so the bottom line is, if God's word says something and I'm not doing it or I'm not experiencing it, I say, God, what is that all about? It's just like Thursday night, if you were here, the Bible says in, in, in um, what was that that I was reading? The Bible talked about 
that be holy in all manner of conversation. I believe that was Hebrews 12 and 14. The Bible says be holy in all manner of conversation. And I remember hearing people say, well, you know, holiness is really about, you know, how you speak and, 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 and just, you know, your language and, you know, you just, and, and I went and I said, God, they, they saying that, and the Bible says that, but something is not right because I know how you are in your ways, God. So what does that mean? Be holy in all manner of conversation. So I started digging more and see what that word conversation mean when it was transferred from the from the Hebrew or the Greek to um, English. And that word be holy in all manner of conversation meant be holy in lifestyle. Be holy in your entire being, you know, how you live your life. That's what it meant. And so I'm only saying that to say sometimes you might not understand the word of God and you might miss, miss, you know, apply it in your life. But when you hear truth and you see truth. You need to take truth and apply truth to your life. What you have heard today, all truth, all Bible. And if you don't think it's all Bible, you come and I'll show Well, we read it all. I don't know if there's anything else for me to show you. But if you want me to show you anything else, just come. Just come. God is good to us, church. If you haven't made a decision to live for God the way you need to live for God, you need to make that decision today. And if we could just lift our hands right now. I talked to the church New Year's Eve about, uh, New Year's Day about having a divine encounter. Every time you come in God's house, you need to press the issue of wanting to have an encounter with God. Just you and God. Forget about anybody else. You come to church for you and Jesus. And then when you are doing something else in fellowship, and that's different. But right now, it's just you and Jesus. If you will lift your hands and talk to him and just express yourself to him. The things you want to know, the things you don't understand, uh, the hunger that's within you. There's somebody in this place that's hungry for Jesus. You're hungry for God. And you want to be what God wants you to be. And I sense it. I feel it. And I know God has called you to do something great and mighty. That's why I'm preaching today about a divine election. Because God has called you to do something miraculous. To do something great. You might not know it right now, but God is speaking it into your hearing. So the day when it comes, you will remember the Lord had said it already. The Lord had spoken it in my hearing. Oh God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way in the hearts of your people. Have your way in their thoughts now. Lord, will you confirm your word with signs following right now in the heart and the minds of your people. Will you confirm your word with signs following, oh great God. In the name of Jesus, hear the voice of God as he begins to show you what he is calling you to, uh, somebody hear, hear my voice uh, and just commit your ways to the Lord. Surrender to him. Uh, submit your will uh, that his will will become your will. Uh, give him your heart, uh, your mind, your soul, uh, and say, Jesus, uh, from this day forth, uh, I will serve you. Uh, you didn't call me to be saved uh, just to come to a 
a church service, but you called me to be saved so I can be an instrument that you can work through, so I can do your will, so I can be a worshiper, and so I can do what you called me to do. God, have your way today in the heart of your people. I pray, Lord, that you will loose the strongholds that have them bound. I pray that you will set them free from every captivity of thought. I pray, Lord God, that you will remove from their heart, oh God, those burdens, those, oh God, the weights that so easily beset them, Lord. Oh God, I pray for your will to be done in their life, that they will not be the same again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, express yourself to Jesus. This is about you and him. He has spoken his word into your hearing. Now it's about you and him. Jesus, have your way today. Jesus, have your way today. We are your people who are called by your name. Will you have your way today, Lord God, in our heart? Will you have your way today in our understanding? Lord, I pray that this service will make an impact, a change in our life, that we will not be the same again. Save us from ourselves. Save us from this untoward generation as we give you the praise, as we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Oh, God, have your way today. Have your way today. We love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, give him some praise. Come on, somebody, open up your mouth and lift up the name of Jesus. Give him honor. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for all you are doing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Anybody love the Lord with me today? Anybody love the Lord with me today? He's so easy to love. He's so easy to love. He loved us before we even knew him. He loved us while we were yet sinners. He is so easy to love. Why don't you love the Lord today? He's so good. He's so good. His mercy endured forever. Oh, God, we love you. We love you. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Immediately after we dismiss, Brother and Sister Hasker wants to meet with our youth. And so if you are a youth with their parents, okay. Any youth in here with your parents, if you can just stay back for a few moments after we dismiss the service, we'd really appreciate it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the leading of your spirit. We thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts. I pray that no one will withheld or withhold themselves from you but they will allow you to have your way and completely surrender. Oh, God, the change that you have started in our life, Lord God, we know you will see it to completion. Oh, God, bless us as we go from this place. Keep us, Lord God, that no harm nor danger will come to us. As we give you the praise and the honor, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for all that you're doing, and we give you honor for all these things we pray today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Please come again. Please come back and worship with us. God sent you here, and we just want to thank him for you. 
Anything that we can do, please come and ask. We're, we're here for you. To all of our guests, we love you. In Jesus' name.